you're very welcome along. It's the gardening programme here on Midwest Radio on this first Saturday in June, the bank holiday weekend. And the Bloom weekend and fresh from Bloom, Bloom we have Pori Corkin. Good morning. Good, good morning, morning to you. How are you? How are you? Not too bad. I'm a bit tired, I suspect. <laughs> I am. A little bit tired, a little yeah. bit knackered. Up there since Wednesday. And of course, the weather's been absolutely beautiful in Bloom. From Wednesday, we did a bit of recording with TV3 on Wednesday. So I got in to see the gardens before anyone okay. was there. And uh, oh, it was absolutely fantastic. So it's been beautiful weather. Thursday in particular was very warm. Huge crowds in on Thursday. Okay. Um, and I think you might have heard on the news they had problems with, the, with just the crowds uh, people were delayed coming in, but I think they've that all sorted okay, now. Okay, but that's, I suppose, mm. a, it, it, that's a victim of their own success exactly. then, and yeah. the fact that the weather has been so clement for it. Oh, so. It's been beautiful. Really, th- uh, Thursday was very, very warm. Yesterday was actually quite nice as well, a little bit cooler, but again, record crowds coming okay. in. But it's a great show. I mean, I, I'm I'm very impressed with it. Last year, I just went up for the day, but having spent three days there, yeah. I've seen every part of it at right. this stage, and walked every part of it, and uh, the standard is, is excellent. I and have to say. It's 28 gardens in total. It's it's over 70 acres, right. the, the whole spread of, of bloom. And I suppose it is kind of associated with gardening, but a, a big part of it is the whole... Uh, the food, food, mm. food, the artisan producers, and I took some time yesterday morning just to dodd around, have a look, and taste. Of course, yes, <laughs> taste it's very important. As much well, as no I point, could. There's no point no, going no. along and just looking. And there's plenty of opportunity to taste there. Um, I think there's over a hundred exhibitors wow. on the food end of it, on the artisan food. So it's lovely to meet meet those people, and I mean everything from ice cream to yogurts to food, you know, to, okay. to meat. Produ- yeah. cheese producers um, so that's really good um, children are f- well catered for as well they've quite a big um, play area uh, in the Phoenix Park it's a properly constructed right. play, children's play area and there's a couple of gardens like the Wizard of Oz oh that sounds lovely yeah so which is in the Yellow Brick Road I yeah. walked down did you, myself you, I did were you, were you whistling down the I Yellow Brick Road and uh, you know so it's 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 fun from that part uh, thing but I suppose it's a day out for all the family but yeah 28 gardens in total and ranging from the smallest there's actually more than 28 there's 28 show gardens and then there's this year they've introduced a lot of smaller gardens so they've invited local communities and gardening clubs right. to Home. And there's actually a garden from Mayo Abbey. I was very Excellent. proud to see it. Good. Lovely little garden um, using herbs, a lot of herbs. Um, no, no, using plants actually to attract bees. There were herbs in the in the collection that they used, but they're just a, a variety of plants for bee lovers. Uh, so I thought that was quite nice. Um, so very proud to see the Mayo Abbey people there. But so there's lots of gardens, but 28 in particular, and they they vary from quite large gardens right down to small, small. postcard gardens that you could. Yeah, because sometimes you know, and every, like there's loads of people in this uh, particular category where you have just maybe a small back yeah. garden or you have a small bit at the front, and you kind of think, oh, it's too small to do anything with. I'll just leave grass on it, which is fine, obviously. But if you do want uh, for ideas and stuff like that, you That's can just see what. Kind can be done on a small space. Yeah, and that's what I found just chatting to people over the last two days that they're taking pieces from bits of garden. So mm. they're saying, I li- really like that piece mm. or I like this piece over here. That would suit my garden. Um, a garden that caught my eye is actually a garden from the, from the west of Ireland. It's uh, a love letter to the west. Leone Cornelius. Actually, I think somebody sent in a text about that a little bit earlier. It's I know a, we're going to come to the questions well, and stuff it, on that. It, but. It's a lovely garden and people have been saying to me, A, they, they felt she won silver gilt. Mm. Um, she won gold last year. They felt that that was or should have been the best garden. A lot of, uh, anybody I talked to, they were very impressed with, with right. her garden. And it's quite a small garden. Okay. But her inspiration came from Leitrim, where she comes from. And she won gold last year in Bloom. So she, when she was travelling back to the West, she wanted to bring back a piece of Leitrim 
and and, uh, and 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 showcase it at Bloom this year, and I think she's created that really well. So there's great great um, feedback from that. Uh, another very nice garden is the garden from the hospice from the Our Lady's oh. Hospital. Uh, they have a garden um, which is actually going back to the hospital. Uh, go back to hospice, right. so they're going to bring, take, dismantle it, and bring it back, and a very calming, um, therapeutic type, type of garden. garden. So using a lot of blues and a lot of cooler colours, right. lovely clematis, um, a whole range of of different plants, and also very functional areas where people can actually do things. So they have a nice potting area where you can actually get your hands dirty yes. and do some potting Good. up. Yeah, uh, quite that was quite a nice garden that caught my eye. Of course, I mentioned the Wizard of Oz, yeah. which you know the cranberry garden that they've been talking about in the news this morning. That was a great garden really was. Yeah. It was actually done on different levels. So the amount of work, I mean, not just the Cranberry Garden, but the gardens in general. I mean, they've been at it for four weeks and the four weeks that we've had have been very inclement. Yes. But the Cranberry Garden in particular, they've actually excavated. So it's about three or four metres down, you step down into the garden, and it's at, so it's, there's about two different or three different layers within the garden. Uh, but one area, they've got thousands and thousands of the Cranberry berries floating on water and it's very spectacular when you look at it first uh, visually it looks as if it's dyed cranberries are red of course and it looks like either the views dye the water or it's coloured concrete or something but when you actually go over and feel they touch it Touch the touch water, it. touch it, and the, you can the, touch the it from the bounce. Yeah, yeah, they do, and it's very spectacular. But it's a, a very attractive garden. And again, a garden, if you were looking for a small garden, I mean, it's only probably four metres by four metres or four metres by five right. metres. It's a relatively small garden space, but the amount they've packed into it is is uh, very spectacular. So that that is well worth lo- looking at. There was another one that, that reminded me of, of yourself. So that's a garden <laughs> that dare to would love. <laughs> I'm afraid to ask. Okay, go on, tell me why. One called Pastimes. Yeah. And it's, it's a 70s retro. Okay, yeah. right? thanks very much, Believe Warwick. I don't know, what does that say about me? Believe it or not, they had the old Vespa bike. Right. That I certainly remember. They had the caravan. Vaguely, vaguely. The old The old caravan. Right. They had those deck chairs, you know, those cloth deck chairs that yeah. you know, timbered. Yeah, there you I go. You I'm do well, remember them. I think I might have one of those in yeah, my own yeah, garden yeah. shed somewhere. So that, that was quite interesting. Okay. You know, an unusual twi- twist. Um, one of the gardens actually the garden that won um, and it's funny like to hear people's reaction uh, the, the garden that actually won Bloom uh, the, the overall show best, best in best class in show or, or best in show whatever mm-hmm. they want to call it was a, was a garden created by a chap called Jared Mullen from Waterford and uh, one called Venture into the Wild oh, right. right and when you go to the garden and particularly it was funny being up there and meeting people particularly from the west of Ireland and he used a lot of rushes. He used a lot of willow. Okay. Uh, the things we'd be getting rid of some know, of the time. That was exactly... Yeah. And people were kind of scr- scratching their heads saying, what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> I have that in the back of my garden. I'm trying to get rid, rid of, of it. it yeah. But, you know, it's, it's like anything. The thing that looks simple is the thing that's really hard to recreate. Mm. And he actually, when I went in, it was one of the gardens I featured with TV3 on the Wednesday morning, so I had some time to spend with him. And he's, he really, he, he's a designer that has come from looking at how do you mix the old traditional stonework and landscape with really contemporary, modern, uh, new builds. So yes. he's, he's got kind of a stainless steel and wooden so structure. So it's kind of fusion gardening, really. It is, really. Yeah. It's, it's mixing the two together. And it's more about the use of materials for him, really, than the use of the old stone with the modern concrete. Yeah. You know, So it is actually a very interesting garden if you, if you take the time just to, to look at it. And, and so people, some a lot of people, of course, got it. And, and yeah. But it was just amazing to... But to at, fir- at first glance, if you weren't taking it in... At uh, glance. At, at a close-up level, you might think, 
you know, was this, the yeah, this exactly, guy, yeah, because right. it really is. It, you know, it could be anywhere in the west of Ireland yeah. with the rushes, and with the willows, exactly, the ferns, the mosses, and he, it, it was interesting in the, with the roof. He has designed the roof in the way that the water trickles from the roof down onto a stone wall where mosses and ferns are growing. That water then is captured in a in a kind of a, a small stream where he has the rushes and the willows wow. and other water plants growing. So it is. If you're up for bloom over the weekend, do have a look at that garden, but do take the time to. But I also thought it was interesting that um, RTE were in there just before us recording, the, the whole crew in, mm-hmm. and then just to watch the amount of people. I often judge the gardens by how busy they are. And that's a garden that has been constantly busy. People... Right. People to are engaged by it. They are actually, yeah. yeah. So, um, so I would encourage people to go up. It is a, it's going to be very busy. Yeah. Um, you're but sure, once you know that and you're kind of prepared take the for time, it, yeah, yeah, just um, give yourself the time. Yeah, it opens at ten o'clock, runs through to six. Um, so you've got today, tomorrow, and Monday. Bank holiday mm. Monday is always the busiest day. The w- good thing about Monday evening is that they sell off everything. So it's a bit like Chelsea. Okay. They ring the bell at five o'clock. And everything and is for, for sale. sale. Right. And uh, so that's an opportunity. One lady I met yesterday was in yesterday looking at the garden. She mm. said, I'm back again on Monday to, to, purchase. to purchase. So right. she was going to pay in it again to get her ticket okay. to, yeah. to, to... So it's worthwhile. So and, and with the gardens, of course, you've got the food as well. You've got the children's areas, but you've also got lots of exhibitors, people selling plants and, and everything to do with gardening is there. So it, it is... It is well worth a really good show. Okay. I suppose it's the best show outside of the um, ploughing jam chips. I would say it's the best That's kind true. of family event, really. That we have, in, yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a, at a national level. At a la- national level. So yeah. there you go. So that that's my uh, report. Okay. On well, that's I have to say, I'm completely intrigued, and I'm going to have to go, definitely going to have to go and look and see can we see the uh, the Seven, retro the retro, retro garden. Thanks for your garden. Yeah. Oh, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> that really pinpoints me now, doesn't it, folks? Anyway, uh, we're going to take a quick break. We do have loads of questions. People were sending in questions from quarter, quarter past seven this morning. The good weather has Yeah, the, everybody is out for the good weather, exactly. So we're going to come to lots and lots of those uh, directly after these. If you do have a question, it's 087-900-4141. If you're texting us, with thanks to all at CNC Cellular. Teresa is taking calls this morning, 0818-3055 and garden at midwestradio.com i.e. if you want to email us. Okay, you're very welcome back. Now, a couple of questions, uh, Porig, on the email. I'm yep. going to Go just... On. Sorry, I should do, do this very quickly like this. Um, we have a question from somebody regarding a laurel hedge. So this person has a newly planted laurel hedge and pl- they planted last October beirut. Now, they'd like to feed it and they're just wondering what feed would you recommend for it apart from the Osmo Pro 6? They fed it once already with that at the end of March. Also, they've put Roundup near it two weeks ago to kill the grass and weeds. They've cleaned it up now. Is it okay to put the premazer on now? If so, will they feed it first and then put the premazer on or will the premazer first and then feed it? Now, <laughs> that's, that's a great question. That's a very comprehensive no, let me question. Remember well all done. of that. Well, <laughs> so, look at well done. So they've planted Laurel, in the autumn. Yeah, yeah Laurel. Well, they've done. They seem to have done everything right, which is great. Um, feeding it in March, of course, that was the right thing to do. And uh, the weather has been slow, and laurels have been slow to come into growth. So you've done everything right, and really March, where are we now, we're just yeah, early June. Yeah, it's a good time actually, probably to give it a second feed. You could use the Osmo again, the Pro Six, because it is a very good mm. fertilizer, or you can use a granulated spring and some summer shrub fertilizer, or something like Sudden Impact. 
Um, but to be honest, I think you'll get just as good benefits from the, we're finding very good benefits from that um, Osmo Pro 6 on, on hedging plants. So a good time to, to feed it. With this sort of heat, you're going to get plenty of new growth on the laurel. The other thing I would do, if, if, because it's freshly planted or planted back in the autumn, mm. just tip it back as well. Give it a light tipping back, particularly if there are any of the shoots slightly taller than the others. Just even right. them off because that will encourage the side, the new growth to fill in and it, you'll get, rather than the plant getting tall, taller and leggier, yes. it'll actually start to fill in and branch and, and, and uh, yeah, you know, fill in properly. Premazer ideally should be put on plants that are 12 months in the ground. So I would hold off. The fact that you've used the Roundup, you're going to have eliminated any weeds that are there already. So I'd leave the Premazer until February, March of next year. And if you apply it early in the spring, you won't have any weeds under the hedge for the rest of the year. So feed it by all means use spring and summer feed or, or the Osmo yeah. again this weekend would be ideal to get it on right. and and the fact that they've killed the weeds with the Roundup is very good because any nutrition you put onto the is going, is going straight into the laurels and it'll give them a great boost and don't be afraid to give the laurels a second trim maybe in July just mm. again lightly tipping them back all you're doing is you're taking off that terminal shoot that end shoot you're stopping the plant getting taller and leggier mm. it will get tall of course over, over time, time yeah. but you're encouraging all that new growth into side branching, filling in the plant and making a nice solid full hedge. Great. Okay. Now we also have a, a query in on the email during the week from Jerry. <coughs> good morning to you. Um, this is a tree um, that uh, Jerry's husband planted when uh, they were 25 years or they're married 25 years ago. So, All right. Okay. Yeah. It's 25 uh, years 25 old. 25 years old and uh, they'd hate to lose it. Okay. Now it does appear to be suffering a little bit on one side. Yeah, they I don't know what's it. happened to it because it's in a sheltered area in the garden um, and and, but they have said that uh, it has started to go back a little bit. So we'll, we'll pass the picture yeah. over so to you. So that's a nice and, colourful and, picture. And, and identify a tree first well, of all. Well, first of all, the plant is, is a euonymus, an evergreen euonymus. It's got lovely kind of yellow and green leaves. Mm -hmm. And it's a standard. It's grown as a, sometimes the euonymus are often grown as shrubs. This one has been trained up as a, a single stemmed plant. So you've got the single stem, nice round head on top, um, probably four, four or five feet high. And it is, it's it's bare on one side. Now that can be, that can happen. Any kind of physical damage, even aphid attack, green folly attack, can cause that sort of damaging on euonymus on, on one side of the plant. Uh, it's nothing to worry about. What I would do, the fact that it's coming into growth now is great and, and that's what should be happening. But again, I would trim that growth back because again, you're encouraging the shoots to fill in that bare patch. So by just giving it a light trim, now I'm only talking two or three inches yeah. off the, the uh, existing uh, stems, give that a light trim back and that'll help to fill in the gap that's there already. There are a little little portions of dead branches on it, remove those. Anything you do not see any new growth on, take those, trim those out. And again, a feed of the Osmo Pro 6 or sudden impact granulated feed would again help to, to bring it back. Yeah. And really when you, when you trim a plant back, when you give it a light trimming back, say a hedge, it's like cutting hair it's it stimulates new growth and particularly with plants it encourages them to fill in and yes. branch in together so the same applies to the laurel as it will to this euonymus light trimming back encourages plants to fill any any bare gap so there's no problem bringing the the, the rest of the plant i mean literally 80% of the plant is perfectly fine, perfectly healthy. Yeah. It's really still in great condition. So a good feeding and a light trimming will bring that back. 
you might get another 25 years. Okay, I was, was going to say, like, how long can you get? Well, euonymus is they a, go on for, ah, they do. for they're a, they are, a, a really. good period of time, yeah. really. And, and this plant is staked well. There's, I can see a stake beside the main stem, which is very important as well, that it's not getting too much wind rock. And the bit of trimming, you see, rejuvenates plants. It's, yeah. you know, it, you're encouraging new growth. It keeps the plant young. And so, you know, there's many That's years That's what it's left. all about. So exactly. if you, actually, if you don't trim it, then it, it starts to get... Well, it starts to get woody, yeah. you know, and it loses that just... That's a great thing about plants, about many plants. Now, it's not suitable for all oh, plants. Yeah. I'm not saying go out and chop them all back. <laughs> yeah. But for many plants, you know, when you cut them back, you cut back a willow or an ash, it re-sprouts from the ground again or from, you know, which is great. Okay. So in this case, a little bit of feeding, a little light trimming, and this weekend would be ideal to do it. Okay. And, you know, don't... It, the growth has been so slow. Mm. I mean, I was just admiring the... the the, uh, the white thorn on the way up this, this morning, but they're weeks late. Same with the apple trees; yeah. they're all weeks late. So, you know, don't just because we've got a couple of fine days, just mean everything has to look look amazing, pr- look like yeah. bloom. Yeah, because <laughs> they've been out yeah. for four weeks non-stop. Remember? And it's amazing. I was watching the uh, RTE program mm. last night um, on on your Lawler's program on Bloom, and she featured in a, a couple of the gardens. And I've been there yesterday, and it's amazing. In the three days they filmed that on Wednesday morning. Mm. And over the last two days, it's amazing how the plants have actually come on. Just you know, because just, yeah. we've had the bit of heat exactly. and the bit of sunshine. Ex- yeah, yeah. Just goes to show so you. you go. Yeah, no, I have to say I can see fantastic growth in my own yeah. uh, and it is little to, patch as well over the last It's going to take another days. two weeks, three weeks for plants to catch could, up to yeah. where we should be. Okay. In, a tradi- in a normal year. And that's be- that's basing it on what we have outside at the moment. Uh, yeah, and it was promised ne- good next week. Yeah, yeah. Next week, I think it's... Uh, Hopefully that we 20. have finally arrived somewhere. We have. Wise. Summer's yeah. here. Good, good, good. Yeah. Right, let's continue <laughs> on because there are lots of people with questions, I think, because they're yeah. de- definitely interested in gardening for the weekend park. Um, would it be okay to plant the lace cap hydrangeas outside now and will the white flowering type grow in limey soil? Yes, it will. Uh, well, that's the, un- in, well, the nice thing about the white hydrangeas grow in both alkaline or acid soil they're not fussy okay um the lace cap are those flat they're not the kind of not the blousy ones not, yeah not the big pom-pom ones they're a kind of flat topped uh, hydrangea good time to plant them out and um you get them in gardens into the moment they come in the f- lace caps will come not only in white but in rich blue purple and red okay. pink so, so good so, time great time to plant hydrangeas actually okay now what herbs can a listener plant in a for a large terrapotta terracotta pot can't get the word my t- words out today um, can you get larger plants or should you plant more smaller plants to fill it up well you, you can if it's a large pot you can get kind of instant mm. herbs in, instant Italian herbs in particular um, or there's a, a great range grown by an Irish grower which is they're, they're actually ready to use look for those in garden centres at the moment really big pots of parsley and sage and thyme and lavender so if you want something instant mm. and ready to go and something that will actually grow in the pot that you buy it in they're available in garden centres at the moment so if it's a large terracotta pot, yeah, you can need some, some big plants if you wish or smaller plants. They're all available uh, at the moment. It's a really good time to put in herbs. And I always recommend people to plant things that you're going to use. So, you know, parsley is probably the one of the most popular ones. So plant plenty of it, particularly the plain-leafed and variety. Very easy grown. Very easy grown. Uh, thyme, sage, um, oregano, basil should be planted indoors, of course. Mm. Um, you know, so pick the poplar, dill, fennel, any of those that are... are um, that's going to be used on a regular basis. Yeah. So yeah, great time to plant herbs. Um, terracotta would be ideal or a, or a window box or container in general or indeed you can plant them out into the garden. 
Okay. Now, I know we've touched on the laurel hedge there that um, our listener was has just pl- sown last yep. October. But in general, I suppose, this is kind of a general question, can we still feed hedges and shrubs or do they need rain to apply a fertiliser? And what is, there's plenty what of moisture. is good to use? There's plenty of moisture yeah. in the soil at the moment. Um, so there's, it's a great time to, to feed plants in general because the, f- the feeding now, and the, the first listener with the laurel did the right thing in removing any weeds that were there at the base of the laurels, first of all, because feeding them is obviously just going to is going to um, you know you're just going to lose some of the fertilizer. So a great time to apply uh, tree and shrub feeds, and you will see the benefit of that growth over the next two to three weeks. So definitely, I'd advise getting it on now. Great. Uh, can can we ask you what is the white flowering jasmine available, or is it available now rather? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Can you plant it out of doors? On a sunny wall, and would you have a suggestion for any other climbers? Well, it's a great time for planting climbers. And again, you know, just talking about some of the gardens in bloom, the clematis, the amount of clematis that have been used, honeysuckles in particular, lots of them being used this year, climbing roses. So it's a good time for planting climbers in general. That white jasmine is, is a lovely plant, uh, scented, very vigorous, and uh, would, would suit a bright sunny wall. So a, a really good time to plant it. So I, it's a very small flowering plant. The flowers are kind of small and dainty on it, and it produces them en masse. Right. Um, so it'd be nice to maybe mix something blue up through it. So a blue flowering clematis would be quite nice or maybe some of the honeysuckles up up through it. Um, or there's a lovely plant called Solanum ja- glasnevin. Solanum. Uh, it's in the potato family, um, but it's the potato creeper, but it's got beautiful blue or purpley blue flowers. And it flowers from about the middle of June right through till October. Uh, so it's very, very long flowering plant. So that's Solanum. That's, uh, is it Solanum? Yes, it Solana, is Solanum. Solanum, yes, Solanum. Glasnevin. Glasnevin. So Lovely plant. It came from the Botanic Gardens. It then, did, actually. It? That yeah. particular variety was, was found in, in Glasnevin in Dublin. Um, and it comes in a white form as well. So that's oh. so again, that would be something maybe to mix with the jasmine just for a bit of contrast or to mix with clematis for a bit of contrast. Remember with climbers, you do need to prepare the soil very well because you're asking a plant to grow three or four feet over the, the summer period. So... Plenty of organic matter planted, mixed into the uh, planting hole. A little bit of that Osmo Pro 6 would be quite good as well. So any kind of organic fertiliser mixed through it. Or if you've got climbers in the garden, again, a great time to feed them. Lovely. Uh, a listener visited Bloom yesterday and oh, loved the dwarf, the blue dwarf blue lupins on the love letter to the West Garden, and they're wondering what variety of lupin was it and is it available? Well, there's loads. That's probably one of the plants that that's uh, flowering everywhere in Bloom this year are lupins. Just all, even the traditional gallery varieties, which are the tall ones. But mm. there's a there's a blue one. Um, it's one called the West Coast series. So it's a series of short uh, lupins. They're only about two feet in height. Okay. So the flower stem on the plants from memory are about a foot in height mm. um, and the, the, the foliage is about a foot so it's only about two even less I'd say 18 inches in height clump forming quite a nice uh, variety the lovely blue um, colour kind of rich blue okay. colour and is it a range of blues then if it's a series well, the, or the series is available in a whole different range of right, colours right. Um, but the blue in particular is quite nice it's kind of a lavender blue colour and uh, in that garden from memory they've used irises and um, scabious butterfly blue which are all blues shades of blues and purples and foxgloves there's foxgloves in that garden as well which so there's a lovely uh, tone of uh, you know that kind of cool blue colours okay. 
which um, which is, which is quite of, nice. So that's the lupin West Coast series. But lupins in general, gr- really gr- good time to plant them. They're just coming into flower now as we speak. And those dwarf ones, I suppose, again, if you had a small garden, perhaps well, it might, they might they might work even better there, would they? Perfect. Yeah, yeah. if the garden is small and neat. You know, if the lupins are very exactly. tall, they can kind of get tall, well, yeah. lanky, fall and over. They kind of take over maybe a yeah. little bit. Yeah, well, that West Coast series it w- is an ideal one. Not, not, not suitable for cutting, mm. but perfect for pots, containers, uh, small shrub beds. Um, with the plants that, that are used in, in that particular garden, like the scabiosis, the butterfly blue, only grows to about 18 inches as well. The irises are slightly taller. So as a plant palette, they're, they're very much similar heights. So, um, you know, so if you've got small beds or borders or if you want a bit of colour at the front of a bed, say, that Lupin West Coast series would be quite nice I to see. use. Okay. Yeah. A listener would like to inquire, how does one protect hostas from slugs? How does one? <laughs> Even. <laughs> well, the, probably, the, and again, the hostas have, have come into leaf um, brilliantly over the last couple of days. But again, the slugs with the damp weather, they're out, the they're snails out. in particular. Yeah. I would just protect them with the, well, we had the great suggestion last year, or last, last week, week from New Zealand, yes. with the beer, with the, beer. the beer traps. Yeah. So you could put a couple of containers of beer uh, right at, at, at soil level. Soil level, yeah. Um, and the boys will, will fall into them and just, you know, dump it out after a couple of days. So that's one way of protecting them. Um, the other way is to use something like the slug liquid, which again, you can put onto the foliage of the hostas. It's invisible. So once you apply it, it dries onto the leaf and or put it around the, the ground, around the hostas. And once the slugs or snails come in contact, that will, it'll control them. Control them. Control them. Okay. Um, what is the name of the weed killer to put out for weeds and potatoes? Well, I think the, the weed that or the weed killer that or the weed killer that used to be available was a, a weed killer called Linuron. Unfortunately, oh. it's not available anymore. Um, and listeners that have Linuron in their gar- in their sheds, because genuinely, when you buy it, you buy a big bottle of it, mm. can use it up to October of this year. Um, so Linuron was was a weed killer that was available up to this year. It's taken off the market now, um, and it it should be used before the we- the potatoes come through the soil. So before they they actually they break, break the surface the of the soil. I was in Michael D's garden. Uh, oh, you got around. <laughs> I got around. Well, it, it's that's a lovely a, garden. It's a garden to go and see uh, the the Victorian Wall Garden in in uh, the Phoenix Park. It's right beside Bloom, so you can walk straight into it and have a look around. But I had to wander around it myself on Wednesday morning and <laughs> on my own, of course. <laughs> and uh, but I was amazed. The potatoes were actually probably eight, nine inches, maybe a foot okay. above ground level. You know that they were really coming on. Like you could see the effect of now. Normally on the east coast, they of always course, have a bizarre. Of course yeah. they are, but they have the Sapromira variety, that Hungarian variety that's very good for blight. Uh, it's a blight resistant variety, and they had um, what else did he plant? Golden Wonders planted, and they were certainly a foot above ground level. But the garden is full of. Uh, he had pumpkins planted. He had he, I should say, his team his had. Team. <laughs> but I was telling the story to somebody. A, a, a chap just came up onto yeah. the stand yesterday, and we were having having a bit of crack. And uh, this man was from Clare, and I was telling him about Michael D's garden, mm. and uh, and I, and he said to me, "I'm Michael D's brother." <laughs> and no, he was. No less. Oh, oh yes, yeah, there yeah, you go. You there know, you, go. I was so you have like, to be careful. You never you know who you're talking to. Isn't that it? <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, Linuron, it's not available anymore. You cannot buy it. But for listeners that do have it, you must use it before the uh, hollum or the the stem of the potato comes through the ridge. Um, Once it comes through, it's too late to use it. And you've got up to October of this year. Now, it's used at this time of year anyway, so you've only got this year to use Mm. it. It shouldn't be used after that. And is there an alternative then or what do we do? Not at the moment. Just hold it out? Yeah, hold it out. Right. 
Okay. I think that's what Michael G was doing. Okay. Keep well, it, yeah. There wasn't a weed there to, wasn't be a weed to be seen. <laughs> to oh, be I seen. There was a busy team so there, there go, now, yeah. something tells yeah. me. Okay. Um, one more and we'll take a yep. quick break. Beautiful morning, uh, this listener tells us in Galway. Okay. Looking forward to the programme. Well, we're here now. Uh, shrub beds have a lot of similar type of weeds, like a small conifer, and it's coarse to the touch. How do you remove it? Well, that's the um, mare's tail or horse tail that we talked about last oh, week. Yeah. It's coarse, it's it's full of silica, so it's a. Uh, it's, um, it's, you know, when you grab it, it's like sandpaper. Mm-hmm. But it does, it remembers, uh, resembles a small um, conifer and can spread uh, quite badly through through areas. The best treatment is, is a, um, a weed killer called uh, Neerdorf. Neerdorf. It's a, it's a German product. Um, you mix it with water, apply it onto the foliage and that kills it off. So it'll actually stay it on the pack, mare's tail or horse's tail. So look for that. Um, Neerdorf. Neerdorf, yeah. Okay. Uh, right, yes, no, we are going to take a quick little okay. break. Lots to come, though, so stay with us. Okay, you're very welcome back now. I'm just scrolling back here, Porik, to see where we were with uh, those questions. Apologies now, I just want to make sure that we don't leave anybody out. Yes, <clears throat> there are spit-like suds with a green fly on uh, some leaves uh, hidden. Is it any, are they any harm? They're on tomato leaves. So the listener is wondering, can they cut off some of the tomato leaves to allow the fruit, which is very plentiful, to develop some more? Okay. Kay. Well, there's two, two, bits of, two bits of questions yeah. there. So the, what the listener is descri- describing is frog hopper, which is a small pest that uh, surrounds itself. Right. It's like a little spit. Yep. On you'd often see it on gooseberry plants, blackcurrant plants, many many plants. You see it on wild plants as well. It's called and frog hopper. Isn't frog it? hopper, right. yeah. And um, the the adults, the adults, the red, the reason it gets the frog hopper, it, the adults actually f- hop like a frog, they bounce around. You know, so they. Yeah. So what you're seeing is the the young, right? They they lay the eggs on the stems of, of plants. Yeah. They surround with a, a spit like substance. So it's like a cocoon for them. Yeah, to to protect against predators, yeah. against birds picking, um, and the the small insect, it does feed on plants, but does it do any damage? Not particularly. It, I mean, you know, one or two on a plant is going to do little or no damage. If you're worried about them, take the hose to them would be my advice. So literally just turn on the hose, wash them down and you'll wash the young off the stem and that'll get rid of it. So that's what I would do unless they're particularly heavy on a on a, uh, on a plant. If they are, then you simply, again, spray, give, give it a light spray of water and then you can put on something like the bug clear uh, for fruit and veg if you want to, to use a... But to be honest... A bit of water will actually wash them off. If they're on tomato plants, there'll be only a couple on them and it's very easy to remove them. Um, in regard to the fruit forming, obviously this listener has planted their tomatoes very early this mm-hmm. year because they're, they're late, if anything. Many many of them are just beginning to form uh, small fruit. The, the taking off of the lower leaves is advisable, but it's a little early yet. I would leave it until the middle towards the end of June. And the reason you remove the, the leaves is to let the sunlight in to ripen the fruit. Mm-hmm. So the fruit is too small yet. For, for ripening to that won't start until the first week of July really onwards so leave well enough alone get rid of the cu- the cuckoo spit it's often called as well um, or, or the, the frog hopper get rid of that with a little bit of water just take that off remember to keep taking the side shoots off your tomato plants and when they grow to when they form about the fourth truss or fifth truss of tomatoes cut off the top of the tomato he- stem so prune off the very top the of it. Right. Yeah, stop it from growing and let the energy go into the trusses of tomato. Um, feeding is important this time of year. So a good high potash tomato feed every two weeks from now on. And particularly as the fruit 
is beginning to to um, form and swell up, it needs watering at least three to four times a week. So keep them well watered, okay. depending on the size of container you mm. have them in. Don't have them excessively wet, but do keep an eye. And the, the trick with tomatoes is try and keep them mo- constantly moist rather than drying out that. and then he- heavy wetting because you get cracking of the fruit and brown, kind of a brown stain on the bottom of the fruit that rots. Um, so that's really all you need to do. So just take off the cuckoo spit with a little bit of water leave the leaves alone for at least another two to three weeks and then you can start removing the lower leaves Okay uh, was A listener is wondering what, what is the best actually Sally and went for good morning uh, Sally's wondering what is the best product to kill creeping buttercup uh, she's used it she's used Mortox 50 but they've returned Okay and buttercups are flowering everywhere at the moment they're they're um you know, they're in abundance and they're in, in abundance because they're in the ranunculus family, which loves moisture. They love a wet down. Of course, it's been, you know, it's been so wet. So mm. they're doing brilliantly everywhere. Um, with, with creeping buttercup, where you have it in a lawn area, you really want to leave the lawn alone for about two weeks. Don't mow the grass. Allow the buttercups to come forward. If anything, it's a good idea to give them a little bit of lawn fertilizer to get them soft and, and plenty of young growth on the plant. And they're far more... Um, susceptible and vulnerable to a spray if you do that. So I wouldn't cut the grass. I'd feed the lawn with a straight lawn feed. I'd leave it alone for at least 10 days to two weeks. Let Nearly let the buttercups come into flower. Mm-hmm. Let lots of foliage come on them. And then treat them with a with the dandelion and daisy spray from Hytrol. It's a specific product for lawns. Um, but put that on when there's plenty of foliage. Mix a little bit of washing up liquid into the mix and spray it on on a dry day or use a water can on a dry day. Leave the buttercups for about three to four days and you'll know when they're dying because the, twi- the stems will become twisted and contorted and they'll be very uh, erect on the, on the, on the lawn. So mm. you, they'll actually stand well above the grass and that's an indication that they're dying. So if you do those, follow those couple of tips. So I would feed it first of all, mm-hmm. not mow it for at least 10 to 14 days. Apply the Hytrol uh, Dandelion and Daisy Lawn Weed Killer. Make sure it say, says on the pack it's a lawn weed killer. And leave it for three to four days afterwards um, and then just mow the, the grass as normal. That will also eliminate any other broadleaf weeds like plantain or daisies or dandelions or whatever. All, all clover. that gang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's a good time of year to do it actually. It has been a tad early. It's been too cold, really, to be... Weekenders aren't as effective when you get that colder uh, weather that we've been having. Yeah. But now with the temperatures, particularly this coming week, and, you know, plants are growing excessively, what the, what the, the weed killer does, that particular weed killer, it actually fools the plant into thinking it's got a great boost of fertiliser. And the cells outgrow themselves. So the cells actually erupt and break. break. So that's why you get this contorted twisting. The plant is trying to grow, 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 and it just grows out of itself. And it actually bursts all the cells and that's the way it dies. That's it. It just actually outgrows itself. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, and the weather will be very conducive for that over the next 10 days. So I think you'll find long weekers in, in general very effective. Okay. And if you can get rid of them, like to a fairly significant degree, then shall we say this year, will they be kind of better controlled for next yeah, year or do they, do they kind of come back year on year? You'll always get a few. Look, yeah. there's no lawn that's ever going well, to include my own. You know, and... and yeah. But you know, if you are particularly plagued by them now, oh, yes, for example. Yes, you'll, you'll start to reduce them and minimise them uh, if you just... It's just a matter of keeping on top of them, okay. to be honest. Give it a little trick. Because yeah, you'll always so. get buttercups and dandelions and daisies blown in from neighbours' lawns or mm. from meadow grass and so forth. That's always going to be a feature of lawns. So I always think if it's green, it's... 
It's okay. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) One listener would like to know, when when should you trim back a broom shrub? Well, be careful with brooms because they don't like too much pruning. um, And you cut them immediately after flowering. And there have been flowering uh, for the last couple of weeks. So depending on the variety, uh, as soon as the flower starts to go over, starts to fade, that's the time to cut them back. Don't cut back into old wood. You remove the, the flower. So it's a flower, kind of racing a flower. So you're cutting back about six or eight inches with the blue broom plant. Make sure that you're cutting back into green growth because then it'll regrow again and and flower. And it is a good idea to cut brooms because, again, it keeps them young, it keeps them more compact, stops them getting leggy. Uh, but if it's an older plant, don't be too severe with it. But the right time is immediately the flowers start to fade. Now, don't wait three weeks after the flowers have gone. Do them as the flowers are beginning to fade and the colours begin to go off them. So you're coming up to the time, depending on the, some of the varieties flower a little bit earlier than this, but there have been flowering over the last three to four weeks. Okay. And speaking of cutting back plants, another listener would like to know when should one cut back a red robin plant? Well, you can cut it back now. Uh, red robin is grown for the lovely red red foliage um, and you, the more you trim it, the more more of that red foliage you get. And remember when you prune plants, you should feed them at the same time because you give them a good hard trimming back. The plant does get a certain ele- element of a shock and uh, to, to replenish that growth, it is important to feed them. But yeah, by all means, prune back. And the red robin, you can cut back certainly 12 inches, 15 inches, you know, up to a foot, foot and a half, no problem at all. Give it a good trimming back and you get lots of fresh growth and, and colour. It'll actually be nicer in the summer if you do that. And just give it a couple of handfuls of the Osmo Pro 6 and it'll keep it moving. Okay. There's a lovely blue flowering creeping plant growing on my friend's rockery and it seems to flower all summer. The flowers have a bell shape and they flower for a long time. Would you know what it is? Well, if it's it's bell shaped, uh, it's the uh, Campanula. Campanula, there's a couple of different uh, varieties but um, and different shades of of blue but they're available in garden centres at the moment. So if you go in and ask for the creeping Campanula, uh, it's a ground covering plant. It's a perennial little flower every year. Lovely in rockeries, dry stone walls, containers um, starts flowering now and will go on till probably August of this year so that's Campanula and uh, the creeping Campanula and um, lovely plant lovely plant in the rock rear border a listener has a Pyrrhus forest flame oh lovely yeah in a pot great can they transplant it into another pot Yes, you can. And the, 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 most of the, the forest flames have been lovely, actually, the last couple of weeks there. And driving down yesterday, mm. I was just re- uh, remarking how they're just beginning to go back to pink. or They're the, losing the, the, the paler, yeah. Yeah, the colour. So two things I would do with them. <clears throat> First of all, it's a, gr- a good time to transplant it. So yes, by all means, give it a good watering. Slip it out of the pot it's in, put into a larger pot, or you can plant it out into the garden soil if you wish. Remember that they're ericaceous plants that dislike lime in the soil. So mix some uh, ericaceous compost into the planting hole. So something like brown gold, or brown gold, yeah, that's right, uh, and some ericaceous feed. Mix the two together, uh, put it into the planting hole or into the pot, and that'll keep it going. The other thing to do with forest flames in general is to trim them back. Right. Right, because what you're doing is you're, the first flush of growth has come, if you give it a light trimming back now, six, eight inches, take off the kind of the uh, the light pink colour now. So trim back by six or eight inches. Give it a feed. You'll get back into that lovely new growth, that lovely deep pink colour again, because you're encouraging the plant to produce new growth. So a, a light trimming on all forest flames will give you a second flush of colour if you put on a little bit of feed as well. So I would do that today, okay. if possible. Just give them a light trim back, uh, six, eight inches of all the stems. Give it a feed and 
by the first week of July, be, it'll be all it's as if it's March again or April again. Wow. It'll be that lovely spring colour again. Great. Um, here's an interesting one from a listener. Uh, Helen is wondering, how are bluebells grown? Is it a bulb or a seed and where can you get them? She's looked everywhere and can't find them. Well, you won't get them at this time of year, but you'll get them in the autumn. Uh, so anytime from September, October onwards, the bluebells are sown from bulbs. They will grow from seed as well, but you're better off buying the bulbs because you, but when you're purchasing a bulb, a tulip bulb or a bluebell bulb, you're buying a plant that's three years old. So my advice is wait until the autumn buy the bulbs in, in uh, September, October. They'll be available then and um, plant them in, in groups. So sevens, you know, ten bulbs together in a cluster. Do remember they can spread. So they can self-seed and spread to other areas. So they're ideal in a woodland area, really, mm. or under trees, somewhere that you can give them a bit of space to kind of colonise themselves and, and spread in that area. Uh, so don't put them into your lawns because they're flowering at a time of year when you want to be cutting the lawn yes. and keeping it tidy. So do remember, you know, consider where you're putting them yeah. but they're very very easy to grow the bulbs will be available in September Yeah I was down in um, the Forest Park in Boyle uh, right. last week and on the driveway into the main part of it um, there were just bluebells everywhere they're underneath lovely. the trees and it was actually really stunning Yeah and they are and they're ideal where we've got the little dapple shade woodland areas under trees yeah, under stunning. shrubs yeah. Yeah. I just I wanted to get out and spend the day in it There you go and they're so easy to grow Didn't have time for that So easy to grow uh, A listener would like to know where can you get plants of the African lily they love them at Chelsea this year they'll grow and they're wondering will they grow here in Westport yes, and when yeah, do you plant them? Yeah, yeah. The African lily is the... Um is Agapanthus, the lovely blue Agapanthus. You get them in white as well. Uh, they're in just coming into flower now, as we speak. Um, so they're, they're available in garden centres. Just go in for and ask for the Agapanthus. Um, uh, you, you, again, you can buy them as, as kind of roots or bulbs in the autumn time uh, to plant, but it's a great time actually to plant them from from out of pots now this time of year and they will flower this year so and they'll do very well in Westport they're actually quite a good seaside plant in height they grow depending on the variety but anything up to about two feet often up to three feet uh, depending on the taller varieties but uh, so that's Agapanthus good time to plant them a listener would like to know if you plant garlic in their vegetable plot, will it taste? Will the taste spread to the rest of the vegetables? No, it won't. No, no, it tends good to question. stay. Yeah, it is actually a very good question. But garlic is often planted um, amongst other plants just for the scent. There's a scent they're given off the stems and foliage, which other um, pests, things like carrot root fly, and don't like, uh, don't like, and it tends to wear them off. Or you can actually get now garlic in a liquid form called garlic wonder. So it's a it's a an extract of garlic that's used for particularly organic growers use it to protect against uh, pest coming in on the plants. So it's very good for carrot root fly, cabbage fly, uh, any of the pests. Or if you remember a couple of years back, we we featured the roses. There was a rose grower in the Midlands that mm. used garlic to uh, on the roses, and it really brought out the. Um, the flower and the foliage and it kept the green fly, fly off away, them. Yeah. So you can buy that as a liquid, mix it up and spray it onto the plants and that will um, avoid uh, any pests on your vegetables or flowers. So that's gar- garlic wonder. But garlic in general, no, won't spread to to uh, carrots or other plants okay. around. You want to garlic, so garlic flavoured carrots. <laughs> yeah, somebody that dislikes garlic. Well, maybe Probably. not everybody in the family likes garlic. Well, they, that's true. Yeah, they might yeah, like us, but point. yeah, it's yeah, you know, it's, it's one of those things that people either really like or they yeah. don't like at all. Um, a listener has a vegetable garden that needs some TLC, lots of weeds. They've not dug it yet. Where do they start, and what plants should they plant? Well, you've you still plenty of time to plant, and and I think people often think that with the spring being so late, it's mm. uh, they've, they've lost but things like potatoes. You won't get now; they're not available anymore. But certainly, all the the brassicas, the cauliflower, cabbage, broccoli, sprouts. 
um, all the lettuce, all the salad crops can still be planted. Onion sets can still be planted this time of year. Um, herbs, of course, can all be planted. So if it's weedy, the first thing is to get rid of the weeds. So either you hoe off the bed or dig it over or put on something that won't contaminate the soil, like um, weed-free. Uh, apply that on a dry day. That'll kill the weeds within three or four days. And then you can till the soil and start planting. So this weekend would be a great time to get back into the garden and just get the soil, till it up, get it ready uh, and start planting. And, and uh, you know, the, you'll actually find that the season will catch up on itself with the warm weather. Okay, plants right. will start it'll, to... They'll, they'll yeah. make up for lost yeah. time. I mean, planting and, and lettuce plants and cabbage plants are available in gardens at the moment. So within six weeks, you'll be cutting those plants and it's still not late to sow seed. Okay. Plenty of time to sow seed of vegetables. So yeah, because I, I sometimes I think when you get to June, you kind of think, oh, is that all work? Job? Is that all work? I should have done. You no, know, no. I mean, you're in, still in three three months of growth, and for vegetable plants, they don't. You know, six weeks, mm. eight weeks is is for most of them is is enough time to to give to you a return. Yeah. So still plenty of time to sow seed and plants. A new garden, uh, right. and somebody would like to plant some trees for colour and shape uh, to grow to a fairly big size. It's a large garden. Do they plant them now or in winter time? Well, you can you can plant trees. I suppose the nice thing about buying trees at this time, I presume the listener is looking for broadleaf trees with foliage colour and flower colour. Um, the great thing at this time of year is that when you go into your local garden centre, you can see the tree and leaf. In wintertime, it can be very hard to try and imagine what the tree is going to look like, uh, particularly foliage trees. So things that are in, think of, of laburnums, they're actually coming into flower at the moment and they're going to flower brilliantly this year. They're, they're packed with flowers. So that's a good plant for a medium-sized to large garden that flowers at this time of year. For foliage colour, I would go for plants like um, there's a lovely golden maple um, called Princeton Gold which has bright yellow butter yellow foliage um, really nice plant big leaves uh, makes a nice kind of stately plant and it's a lovely one to mix with uh, Crimson Century or Crimson King as a contrast of, of foliage colour another good maple is one called Acer Drummondii so those three uh, Princeton Gold Crimson King and Drummondia give you a lovely foliage colour, leaf colour, and they actually contrast very well and they'll hold that colour until November. Um, another nice plant you could put in would be Critagus, Paul Scarlet, which is in the Whitethorn family, but it's got nice red flowers, um, not dissimilar to a cherry, that sort of colour, mm-hmm. but smaller blooms. And it's a very good tree for exposed areas if you've got a windy open area. Um, Arilutescence, which is the sorbus, the uh, white beam, Again, it's a lovely plant with silver leaves and again, a good tree in Coast Clary. So look at it, it's still, the soil, when you dig it, is still extremely moist. So it's still very good planting weather. Um, so I would I would advise, to be honest, to put them in now. Okay. Get them in. And on that note, we're going to have to uh, draw Until things to week. a close. Just before we go, I've been asked to remind people to visit the Mayo Abbey Community Postcard Garden in yes. Bloom. It's a bee-friendly garden inspired by the first monk who came to Mayo Abbey in 607 AD. And as Porik has said, it's well worth seeing. It's lovely. It's lovely to see it there. I couldn't have remembered all of that. Well, <laughs> only, I, that, I did only remember that it's the written in front of me now. Yeah, I know. I did remember the bee part, yeah. Yeah, so that's why, yes. It's lovely blo- to know that it was inspired by the first monk. Um, if you're going to Bloom, enjoy. If you're not going to bloom, but you're just going to look out at your own blooms, enjoy as Get well and have garden. a busy weekend. Get into the garden yeah. this weekend, that's the message. Porik, thanks very much. We'll Thank talk you. to you next week. You will indeed. Okay, take care. Uh, that's it from us for the moment. Uh, Michael Neary is up after the news, which is on the way with Angelina Newton from me for the moment. A very good morning to you. Enjoy the weekend.